this is the thing we've co-created. This is the part of me and the part of you that kind of hook in together and create this particular experience. So what is particular to you? Or what, what sort of edges of you and edges of them rub up against each other and make it particularly difficult or particularly sensitive or particularly fragile or particularly explosive? What is the part that is specific to the two of you? Um, it may have started early in your relationship. Maybe there was a particular fight that then has bled into other fights later on, or maybe there was a particular fight you didn't have and should have had, and that's then affected the way in which you feel free to say, I don't like this, or this doesn't feel comfortable, or I need more of that. Hello, lovely ones. This week's episode is called DIY Relationship Work. And it's something I've been thinking about for a while because lots of the people I'm in touch with in this space and on Instagram and through my newsletter would love to do couples work or they'd love to do individual work, but financially it's just outside of what they're able to do at the moment. And I would love to have more resources for people to work at least a little bit on their own. I don't think it replaces spending time with somebody else because you hand over you hand over something when you're with somebody else and there's this sense of relief that someone's tracking this, someone's holding the thread for you. But also you don't have to wait to do this with, with somebody else. And so I'd really like to offer some kind of resources or places to start, places that you can start to think about what's happening in your relationship or a particular problem in your relationship that you'd like to work on. And so that you have a kind of process or a format or something just to hang on to that, you know, okay, this is, you know, one way of looking at things. I'd really suggest also that you write this down so that you use these as journal prompts rather than as thinking prompts just to say that for years and years and years, I have ignored this advice because my brain works quickly and I feel impatient and I just want to move through stuff in a quick way. But every single time I stop and I like process with writing rather than just in my mind, different things come up. And every single time I think, oof, I really should do this in a different way. And so just a note on, yeah, Committing something to paper slows us down and it takes us to different places in our mind and body that we might not kind of have access to if we're just racing through. So if you could spend some time, like write down the prompts and then spend some time and see what comes up, I think it's really worthwhile doing it that way. Okay, so say you've got a particular problem or something that keeps coming up, a particular pattern in your relationship start with that so what is the experience of it think about like really sort of flesh that out a little bit what does it feel like what is evoked for you what happens to your body so what changes are you experiencing why is it distressing and how do you know it's distressing like what happens what changes in your body what changes in your connection to your partner when this thing is in play and how again how do you know is, has that been confirmed by them or is there discomfort in, in you or is there discomfort like relationally that you're arguing about something? And have you spoken to your partner about this? Is this something that you've discussed potentially over and over and over again and feel a bit stuck with it? But have you asked them also like what their experience is? Because often it will be totally different to ours. So that's the first thing. What is the experience? What does it feel like? What is the texture 
what emotions does it prompt? What thoughts does it prompt? What kind of cycles of rumination, if any, does it prompt? And what are you left with afterwards? Like after this experience occurs, what happens for you? What happens to your day? What happens to the rest of your week? How do you sleep? Does it affect your appetite? All of those things. What is the impact? And then thinking about this particular experience, what about this experience and the way in which you experience it is inherited, like inherited from your family legacy, your socio kind of political, the place you locate yourself in, like the country you live in, the culture you're part of, whether you've lived in another place before and now like have a different home. What was the narrative about this particular thing in your family when you were growing up? So, okay, let's make it more concrete. Like if it's about an argument that you keep having, what what was the inherited piece about arguments? Was it that somebody held particular power in arguments as in they got to dictate when a fight happened or if a complaint happened or, you know, like how much shared power was there in that? Or did anybody in the family feel like if they had something that was upsetting or something that they didn't agree with or something that distressed them, was there freedom to be able to say that? And if there was, how was it received? So what was the kind of family contract around that? You know how we all have these roles that we play in our families of origin and they are strong. So even if we have different beliefs about what should happen or what we'd like to happen, but often when we're in that family of origin, we just kick straight back into our roles. So what have you inherited here? What is something that you saw growing up, something that you witnessed in your like your parents' relationship, in your sibling relationships, in friendships? Like what is something that you have absorbed along the way? And how is that backed up culturally or opposed culturally? Like is it different to like the dominant culture in the area you live? And then what about this experience? What about the argument is co-created? So what is specific to you and your partner? So basically it's all of your stuff, inherited, experienced, and beliefs, and their stuff, inherited um, beliefs and experience. And then it's sort of molded together into something new. So it's not just like one plus one equals two. It's like one plus one equals something totally different, like four that we create together, that only the combination of you and your particular partner creates this particular dynamic. And so while this is really common in partnerships, there'll always be a unique slant to, okay, this is the thing we've co-created. This is the parts of me and the parts of you that kind of hook in together and create this particular experience. So what is particular to you? What, what sort of edges of you and edges of them rub up against each other? and make it particularly difficult or particularly sensitive or particularly fragile or particularly explosive? What is the part that is specific to the two of you? Um, It may have started early in your relationship. Maybe there was a particular fight that then has bled into other fights later on, or maybe there was a particular fight you didn't have and should have had, and that's then affected the way in which you feel free to say, I don't like this, or this doesn't feel comfortable, or I need more of that. So what is the, your own kind of relationship culture that you've created between the two of you? And then what is the experience? What is the feeling under the experience? So if we think back to the first question around like what's happening in your body, 
how is your body registering the distress or the discomfort or the what is that's happening in your body um and lots of times there's fear underneath underneath these experiences so that's why they're uncomfortable and in some way we're trying to protect ourselves or to keep ourselves safe or that a particular emotion feels uncomfortable to us because it wasn't like sufficiently held for us when we were little and so every time this feeling comes up it feels unsafe to feel it so what about this experience is being is evoking like this particular feeling in you and what is that feeling is it linked to particular beliefs like do you worry about people leaving you do you worry that you are not loved do you worry that you're you're misunderstood do you worry that this is not the right relationship for you like what is the what is the fear the feeling the the stuff that bubbles underneath the experience because often that's really really important to get to because otherwise we we're not clear about why is this thing important like what is it about the texture of this experience that is so evocative for either you or both of you when you're writing and sort of journaling in response to these questions it's really useful to shut off your rational brain as much as possible so don't go to the places of i wish i wasn't like this or i wish it wasn't in this way or this doesn't make sense or that's not fair just let it sort of pour out like what is the fearful feeling or what is the the shameful feeling that maybe comes up for you that you wish wasn't there but actually is and it's useful just to look at so try not to bring a sort of judgmental lens when you're doing this it's really useful and it's really gentle. It's good to be compassionate with ourselves and just to look at what the stuff is before we go into how do we fix it or oh, I wish it wasn't there. And once you've got to the feeling, you can get to the need. So what is it that you are needing in this particular experience? Again, it doesn't have to sort of match your partner's need. Likely it won't. And that's totally okay. But once you can get to the need, so are you needing closeness in this moment? Are you needing your partner just to hear you, not to offer you solutions or not to offer you like some action that could happen? Are you just needing them to be fully attentive of you or to hear your distress? Or are you wanting some sort of practical response from them? What is it that you want to change? So it's that whole thing of like, this is uncomfortable and I don't want it but what is it that you do need? So what is the next step from that? And then it can be like, it can feel quite risky communicating these things. I think like once we know what our need is, and often it's a tender need, it's often like something, I mean, maybe it's also a practical thing, but the, even the practical action will often lend, it's often related to something that is very tender, like we need to feel loved or we need to feel appreciated or we just need to feel seen. And so if you're not used to speaking like that in your relationship with your partner, that that can feel quite risky. And even if you are used to speaking in this way, that it can still feel risky and that's totally okay and totally normal. It's sometimes very vulnerable making to be really seen by another person and that there is always implicit risk in that, is that people don't always respond in the way that we want them to. That's not always possible. And that's might not sort of match with them like in terms of their need and that doesn't necessarily say that they don't love us or they don't want to be there for us but our needs are not always going to match up perfectly and that is totally okay but it's still really important to be able to verbalize what it is that is happening for you in those moments and what it is that you're needing 
And sometimes it might be that you are the one that needs to give yourself the thing you're asking for. So often we sort of outsource a lot of our needs to our partners or to other relationships or to circumstances in our lives. Um, and really, a lot of the time, it's something that we can give ourselves and that that is yeah, far more meaningful, far more sort of sustaining in the longer term, that we're not relying only on our partners to fulfill our like emotional needs. So yeah, just again, be gentle with the kind of implicit risk in this, that it can feel quite vulnerable to say these things out loud. And if it does, you're not doing anything wrong. That's just how it feels <laughs> to be human. And then to really tend to your body. So if this experience is quite dysregulating for you, what does your body need? Like, how are you attending to your nervous system? Remember, it's normal to feel like to be dysregulated in parents. We're never going to be constantly regulated. That's not the human experience. But how can you return to a regulated state? Or how can you remain connected as opposed to shut down? How can you make the experience a tiny bit more tolerable each time you experience it so that you're able to, again, remain connected to your partner in these experiences or at least remain connected to yourself so that you know, like, oof, this stuff is uncomfortable for me or it's really painful or it just brings up lots of shame or lots of almost like that kind of nervous energy that is okay. But just to notice that, like, this is what's happening in my body and what do I need do I need to move? Do I need to kind of mobilize? Does my nervous system want me to mobilize? Or do I need to, can I be still? Am I able to be still in those moments? And to take a few deep breaths. That's not, I know that we speak about that a lot, but it's not always the thing that we'll be needing. And sometimes we need to move. We need to get that out of our system in a different way. Yeah. Getting to know your kind of your own arousal states, what like particular dysregulated states look like for you and what your particular needs are around um, coming back to a state of regulation and remembering that once, you know, the state we experience in our body then prompts like thoughts and feelings. And so that's why we might be getting stuck in this sort of either ruminating or feeling cycle and to go back to our body states. What is it we need? What is happening in our body? How can we ground ourselves? How can we support ourselves? Before we move on to like the relational part, two dysregulated people does not make for a good kind of conversation or does not make for a good repair, like, you know, place of repair or place of looking apart. So see what you need first, and then you bring this to your to your partnership or to your relationship and talk a little bit more about what is actually happening for you. I'm going to go through the questions again. What is your experience? So you're looking at what is the experience that's happening right now or the experience you, you're stuck with or feeling troubled by? What have you inherited here? What have you co-created? What is the feeling under the experience? What do you need? And then tending to your body. Okay, I hope that's helpful. If there are particular questions that come up for you, get in touch. I'm always happy to chat through things like this. And yeah, you can email or you can contact me on Instagram. But this can be really useful work to do on your on your own and for yourself because even these shifts that happen within us can make a huge difference to the way that we're showing up in our relationships and that can equally shift things between us. 
So not to say that one person is always responsible for the dynamic, absolutely not. And yet also if one person shifts things, there can be more openness, more possibility of connection. And so don't feel that both of you have to be doing this also with a couples therapist or a coach that a lot of this work can be done internally if you feel supported and resourced enough. Okay, I hope you found that helpful. There is also a worksheet that you can download with all these questions and a few of the kind of prompts about what I mean about each one. You can follow the link in the show notes. All right, lovely ones. Have a good week. I'll speak to you next week. Bye. If any of these episodes are helpful or strike a chord in some way, and you would like to do further work either on your own or together as a couple, or you would like to do a couples course, have a look at my website. It's in the show notes and get in touch. I would love to chat with you. Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to get in touch, I'm on Instagram at grounded underscore families. You can send me a DM or a voice note to my DMs or an email. I'd so love to hear from you. Please do like, share and subscribe this podcast. It really, really helps to get the podcast out in front of more listeners. And I'll see you again next week. Take care.